0: Welcome everyone to another episode of Tudo Português. My name is Angela Samos, and I am here with a fellow Palkus director, Marco Fernandes. Marco, how are you?
1: Good, Angela. How are you?
0: I'm doing all right. Thank you. So you are one of the more recent Palkus directors. You've been on the board for about a year. Obviously, we've known each other for a long time, and, and Palkus has worked with your company, Stocks Vacations, in a number of capacities. But tell us a little bit about yourself and then why you decided to join the PAUCUS board. And then today we're gonna to talk about you know, why it's important to maintain our traditions, especially for our youth and yeah, you know, maintaining absolutely. our community. So yeah.
1: Yeah, Go thank ahead. you, Angela. So first of all, I'm a proud father of two Portuguese-American children. I think that that's, will hopefully help us with our discussion in a few minutes. But as a business owner uh, who specializes in bringing Americans, Canadians to Portugal, our big uh, and I know my wife and I share and, and our whole entire family share a passion for everything that's Portuguese, right? And I think Palatras is an amazing organization that sort of embodies that that same concept, right? And to strengthen the ties between the, the Portuguese Americans living on this side of the pond and the organization's government and, and private on the other side. And I think that that's what we need today is, is creating that bond. And this is why we're talking about traditions and and the youth of the Portuguese Americans in the country.
0: Absolutely. And so, what has been your experience? I guess within the Portuguese community, kind of growing up, were you like yeah. part of clubs or soccer teams, or what was your involvement <laughs> growing up?
1: Well, I wished soccer teams. I played uh, just, just it was never as never that good to be to be a, as great of a, a soccer player that I wished to be in my dreams, but. Growing up in, in the Ironbound section of, of New Jersey, so many of the listeners are probably uh, from that area, was part of different clubs, different organizations, Portuguese clubs in college, uh, worked for the Luso Americano, the, the very oh, popular weekly or, or twice weekly newspaper in New Jersey, covered yeah. the sports section. So I was always involved in, in different events that were happening with the Portuguese community in, in New Jersey, New York, sometimes down in the Philadelphia area as well. And living in the work, you you just couldn't help but be involved, right? Because it's just a, a very sort of small-knit community. And um, you, you, you welcomed everybody who came in from Portugal. And you also, you know, got to become friends with a lot of people that are Portuguese that have been, were born in Portugal and have been here in the States for 25, 30 years. Mm-hmm. So... I think from my childhood here in, you know, coming to the United States when I was eleven helped me sort of strengthen that that bond with, with people from, from our country, from our homeland. Mm-hmm. Through different organizations, different events. Again, the newspaper helped me sort of broaden my horizons and with different organizations all throughout the New Jersey, New York,
0: Connecticut area. Right. So you moved here from Portugal when you were eleven. I was. And, yeah, I did. And- And conversely, I am third generation born here. So very different experiences growing up in the community, right? But I have observed like, and I'd be interested to get your take on this, growing up in the Portuguese community when I was a kid and then what the environment that kids are growing up in today it's so different in so many ways, right? I mean, it's,
1: yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely see that, you know, being a father now of two young children and seeing what my parents went through when mm-hmm. uh, when we came to the States. I think the environment around this is different, Angela. I think, I think it's just not even the home. I think you probably see it on the West Coast, uh, here on the East Coast. We, we definitely see the change in the demographics of the Portuguese communities where, you know, 20 years ago, we used to go. Again, you know, Ferry Street, the Ironbound section, you know, Cushnet Avenue in, in New Bedford, Plymouth Avenue in Fall River. These are streets that were ever present with Portuguese first, second generation Portuguese immigrants and people that mm-hmm. were coming from Portugal. And today that is not the case. So you see mm-hmm. the Portuguese community is a lot more spread out. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's been always a little bit different, perhaps on the West Coast. But here, we're used to every house, you know, was sort of you smell the bacalao, you, <laughs> you you uh, you knew when it was when when, it was, when people <clears throat> were cooking. Um, mm-hmm. The kids are playing soccer, and I think today it's just a little bit more difficult to find that environment. People, right. you know, kids are married; they they move to different to the suburbs of these sort of metropolitan areas. And I think that creates a different environment at home because you don't have Mm -hmm. the ability to go next door and play. You don't, perhaps you don't. It's not so readily uh,
0: available. Yeah. Yeah. You don't
1: engage with the other children Mm -hmm. because you have to drive to their house Mm -hmm. as opposed to just going and knocking on their door next door. Well, and Uh, I I see that with our kids.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, there's so many more other activities that kids are involved in these days, right? Like sports and. Yeah, there's that, right? There's the whole digital distraction. I will we'll call it. But then I feel like kids are just way more involved in in sports and school activities and stuff like that. I mean, when I was growing up, I think we we played soccer and that was it, yeah, right? In, in the it. kind of the community rec league. And so all of our weekends, it was like, well, what are we gonna do? Well, of course, we're going to the festival because that's what we did. Well, now people have like ten things to try and fit into one weekend, so it's a lot more difficult. And you know. So I, our daughter's nine, and w- I will admit we don't go to festas very often, though we do. Um, being Portuguese is very present in our house, obviously, and we force her to take <laughs> lessons, Portuguese lessons. She asked me, "What? how long do I have to take lessons? I told her she has to take them until she's 18. No no <laughs> options there. Um, she's going to be so teaching I you Portuguese by the time she's She's going to teach, yes, because I'm not super fluent, right. right? So she absolutely... <laughs> But I, I think it's like, it's harder for parents. It's a much, it takes a much it's more an concerted effort yeah. to incorporate the culture into your kids' lives. And sometimes it's really tiring. And so how, like, how do you make that, especially when your kids are like, I don't want to go to the fast I just want to go be with my friends. Right. Like, yeah. how do you have that conversation? And, you know, it's important for you to know this side of you. And I mean, it, that's a challenge. It, right?
1: You know, and I I share the same sentiment because you know my my youngest my my 11 year old son, he doesn't like loud noises. So festa for him just equals oh, wow. out, like huge booming noises. So, but when we tell him, hey, you're gonna go play soccer with with so and so, David's gonna be there and so forth. Then you know what? I'm gonna go. And it, you know, we're all almost coordinating as parents. This is how we're gonna get our kids to the festa, right? <laughs> they're gonna do something else there. There and then the environment. Right. Hopefully, in a few years, they're gonna remember it was a festa. My oldest, my daughter, she she's in dance, so hopefully bringing her to the will also, I kind of connect her with with what she's doing in the dance. But mm-hmm. I I think nowadays I think it is an investment, and I and I talk to a lot of parents, and you know when when we look at keeping those traditions alive, the Portuguese traditions of festivals it's not just the traditional festival where you, you're going to go and see, you know, somebody who's um, all the bands performing and then they have the headliner at night and then mm-hmm. they have the kiosks. Because what we're finding is that a lot of times the kids feel kind of left out. There's not a lot of interaction.
0: Mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And I
1: think that's that's what we see when we, we take our kids and you know, talking to a lot of the parents, like, we'll just meet there, right. And arrange play dates and then so that they can play together. Okay. And I mm-hmm. think what, what I envision, you know, hopefully is that the organizers of, of the festage will hopefully turn to more of that younger generation and have, you know, maybe pick up soccer games, pick up basketball games or mm-hmm. you know, things to engage the kids on top of the, you know, the the traditional face paintings and things like yeah. that. Right. But I think that's what they need is sort of be amongst themselves, right? And Mm -hmm. don't feel like they're being quote unquote supervised by the adults and just letting them run around in a, in a protected area and be able to to sort of play sports and and talk and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, dance together, but almost feel like they're, they're part of the fashion as opposed to being sort of a, an afterthought a little bit or, you know, that's a great point. And that's, you know, a lot of times, Bringing them to these things is is like it's an adventure because, like you said, mm-hmm. they don't like it. But then when they realize their friends are going to be there, it makes it a lot more meaningful for them.
0: And it's almost I almost feel like you know maybe there should be a focus group of kid, of kids yeah. right and yeah. hey if you came to this especially with your parents what do you want to do like what kind of activity do you want a jumpy house do you do you exactly. want a soccer game do you want yeah. you know they'll probably all say let's have an Xbox tournament and, and <laughs> you know whatever but well um, we'll
1: have to yeah we'll have to exclude yeah. that uh, but yeah but yes. yeah
0: yeah because I mean like for us I remember the cremes was fun right but the Kermes can't compete with Roblox and Minecraft these no. days. It's so boring ki- to kids these days, right? So what else do you do?
1: Right. But, I mean, even to the purpose, even on our local church, for example, we do a lot of giving back, right? And if you incorporate that to children at these festivals, at, the, at these events, you know, at Portuguese organizations, even in the clubs, right? Mm-hmm. Where the kids feel like they're giving back and they're not just there because the parents are there and and then they can do that together they're mm-hmm. giving back be it you know they do a fundraiser or it could be a food type food of drive uh, event, something. right mm-hmm. food drive so there's a lot of different things you can utilize youth and i think that's sometimes we get so caught up in us adults you know 30 plus 40 plus trying to keep these things alive and and then we don't realize that we have young ones that we're going to be passing on those those sort of traditions, and they need to, to understand today so that hopefully when they become our age, they can pass it mm-hmm. on to their kids. Yeah. And I think it's the connection sometimes we forget to make.
0: Yeah, agreed. You know, it reminds me of, so I grew up in Sacramento, California, mm-hmm. and, you know, we would go to the festas, and uh, because California is heavily Azorean, we always had the, the Shemahita, right? Yeah. The circle dance is part of our mm-hmm. festas. And as kids, we didn't know how to dance it. And so we would just run in and out of the circles and, you know, we'd play around, but then the hall actually gave chamorita lessons. Oh,
1: there you go. Where,
0: where we learned the calls because again, being third generation, my cousins and I, we didn't speak Portuguese. We had no idea what they were saying, but then we learned the call. So then we could actually start participating in the, in the dance. And it was awesome. And then we loved it. Right. And so I know that a lot of groups, or maybe the maybe not as many as there were in the past, you know, there's folklore groups, but maybe some of the halls could start doing, like, dance lessons or other yeah. types of lessons, right, and make it fun, you know? Yeah, and
1: I, I, I think one of the things to go along with that, just to pick up on what you said, is when I was uh, living in New Jersey, there were some clubs that were also doing Portuguese guitar lessons.
0: Oh, that's uh, great, kids, because yeah.
1: And this is this is a sort of pet peeve of mine. Is a lot of times you know when we talk about father is just a singing and 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 but the kids nowadays they disconnect. So but then yeah. when you tell them, hey, my daughter loves guitars. You tell her about the Portuguese guitar, she's connected. Now she's yeah. interested. Yeah, you know. So that those are things we can look at from their eyes and see the activities that they're already joining, right? And how mm-hmm. can we incorporate that into? The, the Portuguese traditions that you and I go to or uh, in the mm-hmm. summer, in the fall, and even in the winter. Yeah. Um but yeah I think marrying the two, the the dances with the Portuguese guitars are just two of I'm sure many examples we can incorporate the children.
0: Yeah. You know what I would love to see too is again here in California, it's always just been about the Holy Ghost fest those yeah. right? And I marched and 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 my our daughter is going to be an Aya this year, oh, nice. and it's. I'm excited for her, and I'm going to do my best to make it fun for her. I don't think she truly understands, like, the whole right. thing, because she, we didn't fun, yeah. grow up going to festas, but it's still going to be fun. But, you know, having been to Portugal now and been to other festivals, festas, like, I would love to see a version of Saint Antonio here, Juan yeah. here. You know, like could you imagine like a festa at the local Portuguese hall where everybody's knocking their heads with the hammers, you know, hammers. And, yeah. um, or like. Well, we need uh, to sign
1: a waiver here, so we need to make sure that we <laughs> protect
0: ourselves. <laughs> right, right. Or like, or like San Juaninas or like, yeah. I don't know, just something bring kind of what they're doing in Portugal today here, because yeah. I think it's so much more fun. <laughs> over it there is. these days, right? And you know that way, it's like, oh, they do this in Portugal, but like bigger. Hey, let's yeah. do, let's go, right? So that would be kind of cool if we started to see those kinds of festas over here, right?
1: There is a there is a club near us that does a San Juan feast, and and you know I always think it's one of the funnest in, uh, places to go to because it is that environment. You know, people are just so much more outside, and, mm-hmm. and the food and the ambiance and the food. But you know what? you don't see a lot of children there. And I think it's just the perception that people, because they, what happens is, you know, you bring the children and you feel like there's this large crowd full of people and there's not a, other kids for them to play with. So mm. you kind of shield them and you don't bring them or you, you stay by right. yourself. Right. But I think I would add to that. I said, a lot of times, you know, you're bringing people from Portugal, from the Azores, Madeira, as far as these rensuch and folklore mm-hmm. um, to come in, making sure you bring kids with them because mm-hmm. they can interact you know how many times in my business, you know, clients that come in with their kids, and one of the first things they ask is, "And will there be other kids if I go here to play with, so that my kids can engage?" It's like anywhere in the world, right? You travel with children, they're going to bond with other children. You know, uh, just a quick example: my, um, we, we went to New Year's in Madeira a few weeks ago, and my, so both my kids went, and my mm-hmm. son who loves playing soccer. At one of the small villages outside Funchal, there were two children playing, just kind of kicking the ball around, and he just joined them. And now he's not mm-hmm. fluent. He understands and speaks it, but mm-hmm. he was able to participate. And I imagine if that happened here, you know, when you're inviting these, the Shoes mm-hmm. and the, the, these mm-hmm. groups to come and perform, and I know there's logistics, obviously, with children, but there's that connection that you can do because it's, kids will want to be around kids, you know, that mm-hmm. they don't want to For be sure. around yeah. the parents. Uh, well, they do, but not as much.
0: <laughs> other kids more other are more kids. fun than they than are. Parents. They're a lot more fun. Yeah, yeah. But
1: but yeah, I think, you know, I, I think that's one thing. We're always trying to connect them with with the traditions of being Portuguese, who we are, what we do. And, and mm-hmm. anytime there is something specifically at an event for kids, it's definitely a more engaging experience for them mm-hmm. versus us just roping them around and saying, hey, go play, but there's nothing else to do.
0: What do you think could be some ways that the local clubs could support parents to help them or encourage them to bring their kids? So, And not just say, hey, we're going to have this for your kids at the festa, but like, I don't know. I just feel like because parents are juggling so much more these days, like what could we do as a community? Like, hey, we have this for you parents, you know, drop off your kids or maybe there's a carpool for kids or I don't know what... Kind of what would be, you know, you have two young kids. What would be something that you would be open to that would really help to encourage bringing your kids more frequently? Uh, yeah, I, I think we would
1: start just, just to have a space that's kind of designated uh, mm-hmm. on a certain time of or day of the week or even on the weekend where children mm-hmm. can go and feel like it's a kid-friendly area. You know, because a lot of times when we go to the clubs, you have the bars, you have mm-hmm, the chairs, mm-hmm. but kids... If there's a room where people feel like okay, there's a lounge space, maybe there's a TV, but there's some books, you know, and and kids can kind of like a kid zone, a kid zone exactly, like yeah. a kids club in in the hall. And I think to your point, knowing that there one, knowing that there is one, to communicating mm-hmm. that out because I mean, you and I, I'm sure we all share, you know, we get a million emails, a million communications a yeah. day. It's you need to make sure that you communicate that effectively um, mm-hmm. be it, you know, through, through the newsletters, if they have it or just posting on the clubs um, door saying, Hey, we have a new event for kids or something mm-hmm. that we're doing weekly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they'll go a long way because mm-hmm. I know I wouldn't mind dropping my kids or being there for an hour or two with them if they have other kids to play with this and then they can kind of together talk yeah. about their experiences and uh, form friendships and, who knows, you know, that's going to develop lifelong friendships and, and and strengthen their ties together.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's a great idea because I feel like the clubs on the East Coast have done a better job of utilizing their spaces weekly, not just once or twice a year for yeah. festas, right? Like you guys have a lot of like dinners and yeah. just regular club activities and that sort of thing. And I think a, a hall we call them halls here in California. If more of them have started to do that which is great. So I think more of that, even if it's, I mean, even if they started like once a month, like, a, you know, the third Friday of every month is, you know, the, the kids zone or kids club oh. and there's a movie, there's like, there's games, there's whatever. Right. But like you said, bringing, p- bringing the kids together, I think that's a great idea.
1: Yeah. And um, I think, you know, it's sort of like, it's sort of the um, in-person meetup, right. For children. Mm-hmm. And you can even if you have a big enough space or different time slots, you can have it by age brackets. So, you know, mm-hmm. from, you know, seven till 10, and it could be one specific area one specific time. And then the teenagers could be at a different, so they can be in different, you know, with, with similar age kids. Cause I think mm-hmm. that's important. And then, and then the kids will, you know, if you talk to them and say, Hey, what would you, what would you like to do? And kind of pull them throughout, mm-hmm. then they're going to soon realize, you know, they're going to want to play soccer. They're going to want to, you know, play games I mean, my kids play board games. Uh, guns like from uh, from Portugal, you know. They play different different stuff. So hmm. it's just a matter of them being around other kids to be able to play.
0: Do You know, Marco, I'm not even aware of Portuguese board games. <laughs> like so, <if> Ooh, you... <laughs> jogo da <de> glória. <laughs> No, so like, okay, so Palcas, we're gonna do a whole newsletter or something <laughs> about Portuguese board games. I, I know how to play Suéca and Pedro, which oh, swe- are card okay. games. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, I mean, I I, just, so sorry. my my dad's side of the family, who's from Seda, we play Pedro, and I feel like nobody has ever heard of Pedro. No.
1: Sorry.
0: Yeah. See. <laughs> like, no, <it's> <laughs> no, um, anyway, I but it. I think that could be fun, right? Like
1: yeah. because I
0: know. I know in school, sometimes they learn like Mancala and some other yeah. ethnic games. Right. But I've never heard of Portuguese ones. That's a really great idea. Yeah.
1: And, and you know, there's um, this one, I, I forget the name of it, but it was, it's recent and it was, uh, has to do with a tile and it's, it's like, you can hmm. get it on target, but it's a Portuguese branded. It's called Azul actually. Azul.
0: I think I've seen that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: So that's actually a Portuguese branded and it's it's available worldwide, um, mm-hmm. tile game, but it's a very strategy driven game. We we haven't opened it. We we got it a few months ago, but that's something that we're gonna try to play with the kids to so try to get them interested in. And if you mm-hmm. have other kids that play, then this would be a great way to, you know, kind of get them together.
0: Yeah, game night. That's game awesome. Night. That's awesome. Huh? Um, the other aspect of we have a few minutes left, but the other aspect of our culture that I think always brings people in, no matter the age, but especially kids, is food, right? <laughs> For sure. So, uh, I mean, of course, when we whenever we go, we have to get a frittura. We have to get there's not the like yeah. there's like the staples, and I don't know our fritturas there in the East Coast. Uh, they haven't really made it here to California. You know, okay, we have uh, we have pillage and we have you know, Los other Saders. things, but never yeah. have had fortuitas. And they're so much better than churros.
1: They are. They are. I, I was just uh, in Lisbon last week. And uh, I say, I probably had way too much, too many <laughs> <fertutas>. Um <laughs> but they're so good.
0: They're, they you know, are.
1: They're so good. And in the area where I'm originally from in Aveiro, we have to uh, blush Americana, which is um, sort of very crunchy. Mm-hmm. Um, pastry too. So, Kids, I mean, my my son. If you ask him what his your favorite meal is, he'll say "prego no prato."
0: Nice. Um, so
1: nice. he's he's definitely um, de- definitely likes the Portuguese uh, the Portuguese food. But I think you know more and more, you know, outside of the, the the these events, be it the feast or or dinners, it's hard sometimes to kind of bring all of the the foods from Portugal here. But I think mm-hmm. you know more of the organizations have, have realized you know that especially if you're a chef that's recently came from Portugal that you're going to have all these staples, you know, the, um, the, the and the Mm -hmm. fertudas here in the East coast, especially in in the Boston area, not as popular. I will say that. I've seen them in New Jersey a lot more than I've seen them here in, in the fall river area. Okay. But my kids have had them and they love them. So that, that's mm-hmm. something that they do enjoy. But we see we see the typical pastries at the, a lot of the events here. The pastries, not the, the malasadas, mm-hmm. of course. Um, and but maybe off. that's
0: something else we could do, like cooking classes, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. our, my, our my daughter, daughter loves, loves to cook. cook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah. So that could be yeah. something fun. And there's easy things, too. Like is not just pretty involved and difficult, right? Yeah. But like quesada de the or or... Yeah. Even Sahaluda, stuff like mm-hmm. that's pretty easy, right?
1: It is. it is. yeah. I mean, my my daughter does uh, brownies. she does she loves to do all kinds of cakes. So
0: mm-hmm. if
1: I think if you had a cooking class, even to just bring in you know have every, you know children bring in their own pastries and whatever they did at home and kind mm-hmm. of share it at the hall mm-hmm. and to be able to give back that way too, that's a mm-hmm. great feeling, right? They feel like they're doing something and they're showcasing their their talent. Mm -hmm. it's getting brownie points as well with the parents which is great
0: yeah no uh, for sure well, this has been a great discussion. I think we have some great ideas here. Of course, you know we can help in our respective local communities, but uh, hopefully, people will listen and take these ideas and run with them wherever they are. Even if it's one small thing, you know, yeah. uh, even the snowballs start with a, a tiny little speck of snow, right?
1: I think it's just keeping the kids in mind when we're looking at keeping these traditions alive, because mm-hmm. you know, because they're they're the future, really, of our traditions and the heritage here in the U.S.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it was a great topic. Thank you for raising it, Marco. And thanks for your time to have the discussion. Um, thanks, Angela. I know that we are actually as fellow board members, we're working on some internship ideas and mm-hmm. other, other ideas. So everybody stay, if you haven't subscribed to the Palcas newsletter, that would be the best way to stay up to date on all the different programs that we do have for youth and that we're, that we're trying to engage our young community but um yeah i mean if you also haven't subscribed to the podcast please do so now share this conversation with family and friends especially those who are you know looking to get involved or or looking for ideas uh, to bring to the community so uh it's the best way to share the conversation and get more people involved and in having the dialogue because if it's, we don't do it if it's you know, no one's going to do it. No, no one else outside the community right. is going to do it. So it's up to us, right. To, to keep these things going, but, um, thanks Marco. Really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you, Angela. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: And, uh, thanks everybody out there for listening. As I said, share this episode with family and friends, hit subscribe. And if you have an extra minute, please leave us a review on iTunes because that will help make our podcast more discoverable by people. And with that, uh, if you want more information about Palcus, you can find us at www.palcus.org. And with that, we'll say until next time, até a próxima. Thanks so much, Marco. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tudo Português. Podcast production by Palcus, the only national organization representing the interests of the Portuguese American community. To learn more about Palcus, how to become a member, or to suggest a guest for our show, visit www.palcus.org or email us at palcus@palcus.org. At